Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? You know what? I'm doing pretty good. I got the uh, next couple days off of work. I'm really excited to have some days off, maybe play some uh, some video games, perhaps with you. I don't even know. Oh, man, but- that would be awesome. Seriously? Like, how, how much time are you off for? So I have Thursday, Friday. And then, of course, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, well, you know, hopefully during that time, you'll be seeing a movie that I know that you have not yet seen. And we're not going to commentate on because of that. Uh, but that is true. Yeah, you've, you've not yet seen the Justice League film. I actually just got out of the Justice League film maybe about an hour ago. And so uh, well, I, I, we're going to do something a little bit different. Typically on panel to screen, we actually review movies and we will be doing that for this film. So be sure to check out the panel to screen podcast. But for those of you who are curious as to um, maybe some some hot takes real quick on specifically Barry Allen and, and this interpretation of Barry Allen, I'm actually I've actually recorded some quick thoughts that will be at the tail end of this episode. So uh, once this podcast is done, stay tuned till after the music and you've got some very spoilery uh, thoughts on Barry Allen in Justice League. So that's and kind I will of, be sure not to listen to them. You cannot listen just to so, them. Yeah, I will not listen to them because we want to have fresh takes, hot takes for you guys. Uh, we don't want to poison each other's opinions. So yeah, I'm, I, and what we're planning on doing is, is going live uh, uh, immediately after I see yes. it and come back from the theater, correct? Yes, that I think that would be the best thing because as soon as the movie was over, I thought, man, I really want to talk to Belle and I can't. I don't want to tell you what I thought about it in the slightest. So I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Uh, but right. yeah, for those interested, stay tuned after the uh, the music for this particular week. We want to also, by the way, let you know that this podcast is part of the DCTV Talk Network. If you've not checked out DCTVTalk.com, do so. You can find a lot of great podcasts dedicated to your favorite DC TV shows. Got a new project coming down the line that's, I well, I'm just going to leave it at that at the moment. But uh, more information on that as we get closer to it. But man, that's that's enough of the, uh, the old housekeeping. Man, shall we jump into it? Let's do this. Let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 7 of Season 4, Therefore I Am. Directed by David McWhirter and story by Eric Wallace and Thomas Pound. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Barry and Joe interrogate DeVoe and his wife to try to get more information. Barry tries numerous techniques in order to get the upper hand on DeVoe, but DeVoe always seems to outsmart him. In flashbacks, DeVoe and his wife build a thinking cap to improve his brain capacity, powering it through the particle accelerator explosion. DeVoe's increased brain power accelerates his amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as ALS, forcing his wife to build him a special chair to keep him alive. Barry discovers the camera and the samurai head and confronts DeVoe, who reveals his true identity, leading Sisko to dub him the Thinker. Meanwhile, Wally returns to Team Flash from Blue Valley. And I guess that's that's just kind of a happy ending, so it's not... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there's not exactly like a, a, a dramatic gopher there, is there? <laughs> no, 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 no. But at the same time, that's because we're building up to something amazing. Uh, and then also, you know, with 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 Wally and that sort of thing. But we'll, we'll, we'll save like, by the way, I know you know what? Let's get this out of the way, because like Wally shows up in the last two seconds of the episode, drops one of the biggest lines in the entire franchise, like the entire universe. Starro. He freaking fought Starro. He fought the <laughs> Justice League's first ever team up villain and Kid Flash dealt with it off screen. Come on, guys. <laughs> I know, right? It couldn't have been the star. It was just like a oh, no. star. No, right? no, 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 no. I'm thinking it was the star. Like in my mind, it's even better if it was the star. Just because Wally's oh, like hilarious. I, I got to go find myself, guys. He goes off the off screen for like, what, two episodes and then goes and knocks out one of like the top tier biggest, you know, most notorious supervillains of all time. Yeah. Like 
that was I don't know whether to be super impressed or like super insulted. That no, I, can't it be both? I, I, yes. I feel like it can be both. Right. Because on the one hand, you're right. It's it's major impressive. On the other hand, it's like that happened off screen. <laughs> I know. Like, like I, what is going on? These last two episodes, I got to tell you, were not my favorite. I would have rather gone over to Blue Valley and watched <laughs> watched Kid Flash versus Star. Now, that being said. That's the last two episodes. This episode, man, we Ooh, are really? back on track. I loved this episode. Yes, very much so. Last couple of episodes, they've been uh, not my favorite of this season. This one gets back on track. And in many respects, we've been building to this episode. We've known that the thinker's been in the background. He hasn't really done anything so far as we know. Uh, we know that he has been playing chess with Barry, and that was a theme throughout this episode. But with playing chess with Barry, you know, when you're sitting down watching a game of chess, it's kind of like watching a game of golf. It's not necessarily the most, you know, action packed. Some people love it. Some people hate it. And it's one of these things that I noticed online, man. A lot of commentary during the live tweeting and everything. Some people really enjoyed this episode. Other people thought it was a little dull and we're kind of thinking, okay, well, maybe they were phoning it in for next week. I am not of the dullness camp. For me, this gets back to the core of like season one. And, and when season two and three were doing things right, it dives into the villain and it did so in a brilliant way. It kind of yes. wove the DeVoe story into what we've known so far. Uh, so, so Bell, uh, the actor that plays DeVoe. So, uh, yeah, Clifford DeVoe in this season is played by Neil Sandalin, Sa- Sandalins, Sandalins. I'm going to say Neil Sandalins. Sanda, 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 not going to be in, well, <laughs> I guess we don't know. <laughs> Not to be in rush hour three, right. uh, but no. So yeah, I, I completely agree. Like I, I really like how this episode kind of got down to the roots of the Flash, and so we we have some uh, a lot of work on the villain and a lot of like you know integration into you know previous Flash history. You know the the scene of Iris's dissertation being stolen and how that wove in and how Harrison or HR slash Eobard, dude, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that was it. That was a big moment, right? Like huge. We we got last season a lot of kind of tee ups to like, oh, your biggest villains, Devoe. Oh, Devoe. Like everybody that with future knowledge knows who Devoe is. And mm-hmm. so when you have quote Harrison Wells, whom we all know is actually Eobard Thawne, he has a bit of a geek out moment. You know, like like he's yeah. just like you can see it on his face, and it's like I know who I'm you. Admire of your work. <laughs> Dude, I mean, mean, like, you know, over on Legends of Tomorrow, Bell, y'all have had a lot of different episodes uh, watching Legends, uh, you know, the the Legends of of Tomorrow, where characters have met their, like, personal heroes from the past and kind of have that, well, I can't tell you that I know who you are, but I'm kind of geeked to meet you. Like, that was Eobard's moment. Like, that was him meeting a personal hero of his in such a unique way. And the way that Kavanaugh played that off, whenever we've got Kavanaugh's Eobard, it's always just one of my favorite things about the show. And honestly, the fact that we get these in flashbacks or or in in time travel moments, it, it makes it even all the sweeter for the waiting. And this one, man, gave me chills. Yes, it was beautiful. And 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 to compliment it was Neil Sandelin's playing of regular Clifford DeVoe, not like Thinker DeVoe. Because right. honestly, up, up until this point, I've been like, ah, you know, he's just whatever this villain kind of like, ah, I'm in the chair, I'm blah, blah, blah. But like this, it, it humanized him and it brought him to this different level. Like, and, and it's just that performance was just wonderful for me in this episode. I loved it. And he and the engineer are actually married. So I got, I got that one right last week. You did? You did? I, I was wrong on that. And like, I immediately, when I first, I was like, dang it, I'm gonna have to like, you know, eat crow. <laughs> <laughs> Based on that, but yeah, because my the way it seems and, and the what I had seen is like uh the thinker in the chair was the jerk kind of thing, and then mm. this this you had this Clifford DeVoe character who 
the professor is completely different. And that seems what it like the chair kind of maybe changes him or something like that. But yes, you're absolutely right. I'll give you props on that. Well, you know, it is interesting because, you know, I was commentating last week how it seemed like they had this just terrible couple relationship. But no, now now that we actually have their backstory, it kind of puts things in perspective. You know, her, her harshness, you know, not, not necessarily harshness, but kind of like, you know, questioning, like, you know, you, you idiot, not, she didn't say you idiot, but you kind of kind of got that in, in her response to the, you're leading flash up to find us. How, how dare you? But now I see it's okay. No, that's different. It's not, oh, you buffoon. It's, oh no, I'm concerned about you. A lot of the intensity that you see between the two of them comes from genuine concern. And they, and they had this really like, you know, nice relationship building up to where they were. I mean, he was a little quirky. She was really sweet. And, you know, you, you kind of saw it, right? Well, okay. So I saw it totally in uh, Professor DeVoe and the engineer Marlies DeVoe. I saw it there. But like I think in the previous – what we've seen previously, I, maybe – I don't know if it was a fault of writing or whatnot, but it came off way more antagonistic. I didn't get a feeling of concern there. I got a feeling of like antagonism and that, that, that she was forcibly in this place that she was in. But she's really not from what we saw this episode. This, this episode, it, it kind of retconned that relationship to me a little bit. Uh, yeah, but I like where it ended up way more than what we had seen before. Yeah, it works, man. It really does. And I love their dynamic. You know, we had gotten kind of a sense of it before, you know, we'd even speculated that perhaps, you know, the the chair that he was in was in some ways keeping him alive. And perhaps he was, you know, even though it seemed before we got the full idea of what their relationship was, it seemed as though perhaps she was, you know, was she the henchwoman or was, mm-hmm. you know, he dependent upon her? And and now that we see it, the yes and, well, I mean, no, but also kind of yes, right? Like she, he is dependent upon her. She's the one creating all these inventions, keeping him alive. But it's not more of, you know, it's not a master and apprentice, you know, Star Wars style. It is actually, you know, it's a marriage. They're, they're, they're co, co-doing this. They are the thinker in as much as Barry and Iris are the Flash. That's, yeah, that's, that, that's a good perspective. You're absolutely right. Yeah, they, they without... <laughs> the engineer, the thinker would be nothing because she built all the tech that he needs in order to uh, to come up with this plan. I, I do still hope, man. I mean, I just loved the concept that we came up with last week that the uh, the marriage counselor would come in <laughs> near oh. the end and help them work through their differences. So who knows, man? She might uh, she might make a, a comeback later on to help these two crazy kids as they're doing whatever it is they're doing. More on that in a little bit. All right. So we also got a reveal, by the way, he is not in the Mobius chair. Uh, You know, that was something that has been speculated about for quite some time. It looks very much like the Mobius chair, and I think intentionally so. But this is actually a device that is built specifically for him and to keep him alive. Yes, yes. And and I was, you know, I was thinking like for them to drop the Mobius chair in here with with a non-speedster villain and then bring in the new gods as well right. might have been a little bit too much. But yeah, you know, I didn't think that was the route they were going to go. But now it's it's totally confirmed that's absolutely not. This chair is designed specifically to draw power off of his brain. It's what it looks like in order to stem his ALS so that it doesn't progress further. So it, it seems like it's something that – and this is what we were talking about last week is, is, is something that I wasn't sure of is whether or not DeVoe in the chair and DeVoe the professor were two separate entities separated by time or some other kind of thing like that. But no, it's actually – he pulls the scalp off, which is why he has hair uh, in one and not the other. And this, he has to go into the chair in order to not die from his ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. So, so yeah, that was that was an answer that I was really wondering last week that we have answered right now, and I don't have to wait a long time <laughs> to get that answer. So I was appreciative of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hear you, man. Okay, so we we did spend a lot of time with these two and kind of exploring their backstory. 
which was nice, right? It was it was kind of nice that we got this explanation of who they were and a bit of a confirmation that, yes, of course, this is the villains that we've been spending all this time with because Barry since the end of last episode, has been very much on the train of like, no, we got him. This time we have, you know, future knowledge, not really, but we've got, you know, we've got a leg up on, you know, the villain before they can actually do stuff to me. Actually, you know what? I take that back. That is future knowledge because Barry's going based off of the information he's been given from his future self and also from, uh, uh, you know, the magician, not the magician, Abracadabra. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, Barry is using that future knowledge that he just kind of came by secondhand and like, no, we're, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. We know this is who it's got to be. And everybody is like, come on, Barry, like, is it really, I mean, you know, there's almost kind of that Scooby-Doo element of everybody kind of sniffing around the crime scene, but there's nothing there yet. Yeah. And I was kind of disappointed because I thought if anybody would have taken, uh, Barry's side, it would have been Cisco or Joe. Ah, aha, aha. But Barry has been wrong a lot. You know, he has. But I mean, I eh, yeah, okay, so he has. But still, that's the thing, know, he's, man. He's been wrong a lot. They've established that in this series. So the idea that the entire team doesn't go blindly with him, I mean, that, that well, that's what I'm saying. Not the entire team. I'm saying I'm saying Cisco or Joe should have been one to to hear his point of view and and to and to agree with him. Now, uh, also talking about things being established, the MCU is now definitely established know, because we had an incredible sense. Hulk reference and a Spider-Sense reference. What are so. they doing, man? Are they just they, – they're intentionally making these uh, these nods to Marvel. Like what's what's going on with that? I feel like it's there's – Because there's a divide in the comic book community now between Marvel and DC fans and we all should love and respect one another uh, despite our preferences and, uh, and maybe this is a way for, you know, DC to extend like, Hey, you know, we love Marvel comics too. And I, you know, we love DC, we love Marvel, we love all that kind of stuff. So yeah. all of us should just be like happy and, and it's Thanksgiving. And so, you know, or is it because yeah. on the TV side, DC's like, we'll throw Marvel a bone. Come on. Cal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let's face it. You know, as, as much as Marvel trounces DC in, in the theaters, DC has squarely, squarely defeated Marvel in TV. Yeah, in traditional in traditional broadcasting for sure. But but okay, so here's the thing. You mentioned of course that Cisco doesn't go along with them. Remember Cisco does vibe the cup and on the other side just saw them having a, a pleasant family dinner. So I mean like there's literally no reason why Cisco would get behind Barry on this. And here's my question on that. So obviously the thinker has thought of everything. So he thought that Cisco would vibe the cup. Right? So is there something special about the cup that Thinker did mm. to make sure that the vibe that he got? Or is it the fact that he's not always in the chair is the reason why he couldn't vibe anything out of it? I mean, like you figure, depending on how – I'm not exactly certain how vibing works. Maybe it's something that you get at that point in time or whatever. Uh -huh. But uh, I'm sure he thought about that. But I'm kind of curious as to how you would avoid being vibed. Even like because because it's not like, the thinker's really smart like that that's what he is he's really smart but you, you can't like outthink vibing right I mean I don't know well all right consider this though we, like we never saw that coffee mug down in the you know the thinker cave you know what I mean like he's only ever doing that when he's in domestic bliss like he's that's when he's drinking his coffee is all when he's you know okay. Professor Devoe or he's uh, at the house having macaroni and all right so he he was either having macaroni and cheese for for breakfast or he was having coffee with macaroni and cheese for dinner which is weird that should have been a tip off by the way for for Cisco that he was a supervillain what <laughs> mac and cheese with coffee come on man that's crazy nobody does that i mean i don't know i've made yeah. some mac and cheese before and i've you know had leftovers and 
maybe I've had it with coffee. I don't know. I'm not saying that I'm a super villain, but if I was, I would totally <laughs> eat mac and cheese with super with, uh, with, with coffee. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, but, but nobody goes along with it. Actually, even, uh, Cisco mentions that, you know, maybe it's like, I don't know, man, maybe it's just the chair. Maybe you got to think against people in, uh, in chairs now because of, and he makes a nod to, uh, Harry and of course, Harry gives him that. It wasn't me. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> a, little, a little shaggy for you guys. Yeah. We've gotten so many 90s R&B references recently. Yeah. It's it's a thing in the DC TV world right now. That's uh, it, it just it is what it is. There's some kind of brain parasite. Maybe it's a Starro. It's like Starro has infected the DC TV writers with 80s, uh, not 80s, with 90s uh, R&B songs. Oh, that's how, then why why on earth would Wally want to defeat that? If, if that's what Starro came to the world to do, to in, in put R, uh, 90s R&B into our minds bring on starro man <laughs> so so basically what i'm what i'm expecting is this is how we do it is going to be the song played in the crossover next week oh my gosh that should be that would be glorious that would be glorious man okay yeah. so so that is a thing right we got big things happening next week with with the big wedding episode everybody you know it's funny because a lot of the preparations have been almost kind of a C plot right i mean you know the bachelor bachelorette party notwithstanding it, it's kind of been in the background of this season uh, yeah. I mean, more or less, you know, how many episodes has it been? This is, this is episode seven and we're just now a week away from the wedding. And so it, it and, and granted Barry took care of a lot of those plans when he came back from the speed force right? due to his, you know, speed powers and stuff, which, you know, Iris didn't really appreciate, but thanks for our extended scene where we can see <laughs> no no wait, uh, no no you know what i'm yeah, not i'm not mentioning yeah. that product man they're not paying us money so, so no they're not and i'm tired of being advertised to in my comic book shows yeah no you know what here's the thing on the one <laughs> hand i get it right look if if uh if any product uh you know what hey you know what? if if uh, if wants to sponsor this we'll talk about non-stop that's fine oh if you want to give me a, a, a brand new pro that I can, you know, draw all my brogues webcomics on, I will tweet it like every day, 10 times a day. Hey, how is it still making this tablet? Cause you know, we'll, we'll promote that too. You know, whatever, whatever you want, but Look, uh, give me free stuff and I'll shill it. But like until then, <laughs> no, nah, I don't want ads on my, I, mean, I already have to, I already have to fast forward through commercials in order to watch the flash when I DVR it. And I can't fast forward that because it's Iris and it's Ralph and they're talking about stuff and it's a commercial that I don't want to fast forward through and it breaks my soul. Well, hey, <laughs> hey, man, if you're if you're watching if you're watching your favorite show and you need to kind of fast forward things or just pause to get along the way, you know the best device for watching it. Uh, what is that? All right, so we hey, are. Uh, <laughs> take that. We're not we're not mentioning the name. We're not mentioning the product. And that is how we will react to this, <laughs> the obsessive blatant product placement throughout. It's, it's fine. It's fine. All right. So, uh, so yeah, so this really was man as a whole kind of the, the DeVos episode, but Barry does go on, you know, a kind of a sneaky sneaking around spree. He actually breaks into their house, got a lot of flack, man. Cause of course he does so with no mask, no burglar mask, no flash mask. He's just, you know, Barry, Barry break in. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about like, oh, why didn't he just like vibrate his face the whole time he was in there? But then again, it's like he wasn't thinking about like there being cameras. Mm, but mm-hmm. I mean, and, and then it'd be like, hey, why did the flash break into my house? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's so, evil. Yeah. There's evil speedsters out there. He could have masqueraded as one of them. Well, sure. But I mean, like, uh, just put on a mask, Barry. Come on. Don't be dumb. Well, you know. The, you know, they, well, you're breaking into somebody's house. That's pretty dumb when you're a cop anyway. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of this was not, uh, you know, as as. As Kamel in the chat is saying, he's clearly not, quote, thinking. 
I was about to say, like, if you did, if you didn't give a shout out to that pun, then I was going to hit you yeah. over the internet. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do it. That's a good one. That's a good one. But that's the thing, man. So he he really isn't. Uh, you know, the fact that nobody's buying him on this, that he's very much kind of a, a true believer in the fact that Devoe is this next villain and he wants to get that leg up. He's just he's kind of acting without thinking. But at the same time, he's justified. He's justified because we as an audience knew where it was going to end up, and because he broke open the samurai head and found the uh, the old camera. And I was wondering when that was going to happen. Like I, I knew it had to at some point, but uh, yeah, it, 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 it's totally hilarious how Harry's like, "Oh, so you traced the IP?" And and he's like, "No, I I, I, I don't broke know how into to do the house." <laughs> oh man! And actually, her her reaction uh, in in you know in Singh's office and everything, she's like, "Oh, right. you know," she's like freaking out because. She is playing the role of kind of yep. the the you know the being stalked uh you know the, the victim of a, of a stalker like to a T man like mm-hmm. you know that you get the sense that this is not like Devoe pulling her in that she is all in you know what I mean oh, yeah like, no 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 yeah you're absolutely right she is not being guided by Devoe in any way shape or form she is she is you know pot committed at this point she is all in and she is playing that role and she is doing it to a T however. She did still assault a police officer. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then again, two wrongs don't make a right. So, I mean, I don't know what they would have done in that situation. Singh might have been like, I know Barry broke into your house, but you still hit a police officer and that's still a crime. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but, man. You know, I don't, I, in that situation, I mean, it was a, by the way, did she? She slapped him. She went to slap him, but did she no, slap? she slapped him. Okay, so I wasn't sure if that was just a really, you know, kind of not a great, acting slap or if Barry was so fast that like she didn't even hit him because he because that's the thing he reacted right like he actually did wince and it's like well if the flash is going to wince then it's like you know you're not going to hit him let, let's let's go at this through Barry's mindset right so Barry's sitting there like you know he's got his super senses and like he he sees the slap coming from a mile away and he's sitting there thinking he's got he's got at least like you know four hours to think about he's got this. like he's a like, millennia okay, yeah let's go through the, let's go through these scenarios okay so I can dodge out of the way and then everyone in the room's like, whoa, that dude's got really quick reflexes. Or I can let her hit me, and then everybody will, will think that's, that's normal, but then she's assaulted a police officer, and like, I don't want to, like, you know, it, maybe if she's in jail, that could be a good thing. Maybe we could coerce some more information out of her. Okay, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to let her hit me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but, uh, yeah, but, he, but he winces, man. Like, that's the thing. Well, I mean, I didn't see him wince. I just, I just heard the slap, and so I just assumed. All right, fair enough. I, I, I wasn't sure how to take that, but I guess he did. I guess he did. He I liked, was thinking about what to do. I liked the exchange between him and Devoe, and Devoe just kind of so good. putting it out on the table, being like, "All right, well, hey, you know, I know you're the Flash, so we can we, let's just can the act here and and talk uh, hero to villain." Uh, although the question is, though, does Devoe even see himself as the villain? Barry has already got him, like got Devoe in this villainous role, right? Like, have we actually seen, or, or better yet, has Barry actually seen Devoe do anything villainous? Well, and here's the thing, and I may be jumping the gun here, but I think it really depends on what Devoe's plan is. But no, what I'm telling you, what, what I'm asking is, has Barry seen Devoe do anything villainous? So... Depending on your definition of villainous, I think if you well, uh, so so for example, let's say like you know, I know that there's going to be four people right in front of like they're 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 at a nuclear power plant on a Boy Scout retreat, and I know that they're going to be right there, and there's going to be a radiation leak, and those people are going to get superpowers, uh-huh. and I know that this happens, and I don't do anything to intervene. Is that evil? So by the thinker 
putting all those people on those on the, on that bus, all twelve he, people but he on that bus. He doesn't even know that. Barry doesn't know that. Like he doesn't know that well, in no, the slightest. No, no. Barry right? does know that. Barry does know that. Barry said. Barry said that Devoe was responsible for the bus being for me exiting the Speed Force, not where we thought. He knew that Devoe did that. Wait, no. But does he? Where? How does he quote know that? That that was that was part of his gut instinct that he was talking the about. Gut earlier instinct. In the That's what I'm saying, man. Like it's it's all he's going from the gut. And and it makes sense. Again, future knowledge is, is the it, from from what I'm understanding. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but from what I'm understanding, Barry's prevalent reason for going after Devoe is solely based off of future knowledge. Like it's not really. I mean, they they know that there's these new villains. They know there was this bus accident, and they know that somebody may be behind it. But they're not really sure what quote it is yet, other than the fact that there are villains. Like Devoe can't be held responsible for the actions of all of these different people. Obviously, they've got, you know, one of them as a member of the team right now. So it's not like they're all working together from Team Flash's perspective. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where you have uh, all these coincidences happening, right? And then one of the guys who's completely involved in one of these coincidences, Ralph Dibney, mentions a dude that you know previously in the future was going to be a villain and you're like holy crap everything fits together at that point that's the missing puzzle piece right mm. it's like huh that's weird we have these new metas why would we have new metas oh it's because it came out of the speed force in the wrong spot why did i come out of the speed force in the wrong spot that's a weird thing huh this is interesting dibney who were you like who gave you the tip to investigate this why would someone give you that tip it's weird for you to investigate that in the first place oh it's a dude named devoe and then all the puzzle pieces fall in line Barry is a very smart detective, almost Batman tier. Like same thing with Dibney. Dibney is almost Batman tier, right? And so he thinks about that stuff and he puts it together and he pieces it together. And that's why we that's why we're, we're where we are is, is because like he had a gut instinct about DeVoe. All these different coincidences are happening. And then Dibney just n- puts the nail on the head and says, yes, DeVoe told me to investigate this. Barry has future knowledge of DeVoe. The puzzle is not complete. Everything DeVoe DeVoe's behind everything. Yeah, I, you're you're exactly right. I mean, like you know, from his perspective, I love the way he's going about it. But it is interesting that the team nobody has actively seen Devoe do anything, even remotely criminal at this point. And so, yeah, but they're not they're not detectives like Barry. Right? No, no, no. I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm transitioning. Transi- I'm transitioning, Bell. I'm transitioning here. <laughs> I'm going to fight you, tooth and nail. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's going to lead us to this week's Speedster Speculation. All right, so that's the real question, man. And as you kind of alluded to earlier, it all really kind of depends. What is DeVoe's endgame? You know, he's acting villainous. Uh, you know, the engineer is acting villainous. We know that there's some sort of nefarious game afoot, but we haven't really seen it play out yet. We are like like Barry are going with the idea that we have additional knowledge. For him, it's future knowledge, things that have been referenced by people that he's fought in the past. For us, it's a knowledge of who this character is in the comics. But what is DeVoe's endgame? Bell. Oh, man, it's too early to tell. I really like how this season is written. There's there's not a lot of stuff that's just blatantly out there on the wall. There hasn't been like a lot of red herrings kind of throwing us off. It's just all a mystery. And it's, it's kind of like we're... We know that DeVoe's the bad guy. Barry knows DeVoe's the bad guy. Like you said earlier, the team doesn't really know. They haven't seen him do anything spectacularly villainous. He seems like a really down-to-earth great guy, right? He pays his taxes. He volunteers. He's a teacher. All these things. And and so, like, you have to think about a guy who has unlimited intellect, who is supremely and infinitely smart. What would be a goal for someone like that? 
And maybe in this situation, it's that, you know, he sees all these possible outcomes and he sees that the Flash is going to defeat all of his villains. He sees uh, or not sees, but like, you know, postulates and, 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 and figures out all these different scenarios and these different incomes or outcomes rather. And so maybe that's maybe that's the challenge to him is to is to come up with a plan to defeat the Flash just because that is something that is so difficult to do that it it, it comes as a challenge to him. Hmm. And so I'm thinking that maybe it's not necessarily anything evil or villainous that he wants to do, but that that's the only thing that challenges him is defeating the Flash because the Flash is that great of a villain. Interesting. Okay, so you know they they definitely kind of hinted to that, and something we speculated at the beginning of the season is that perhaps DeVoe is going to facilitate a kind of Lex Luthor-esque villain for Flash because of, for exactly what you're talking about. And we saw that, right? Like, well, he even says the line about, you know, all these other metahumans, they, they rob banks, they try to destroy things, they, they ransack the earth. I just want to save people. I just want to save all of humanity. So he sees himself at this stage in the game as something of a hero, or at least at that stage in the game. Now, I do think that there is a shift, right? Because he... It's not the fact that he got powers. It's not the fact that he was a very smart guy. I think the fact that he's dying is something that kind of shifts my focus now. I don't think that he is as much a Lex Luthor uh, motivated villain. I think that what he's after is more about the fact that he's trying to keep himself alive. Okay, well, but but then again, how does defeating the Flash keep you alive? Well, so that's the question, right? What if he wants to defeat the Flash so that he can take his body? Imagine the smartest man in the world with the speed of the Flash. Interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, in the fact that even at the end of this episode, right, she pops open his brain. Like, she pops open his freaking head. His head is the thinking cap. <laughs> like, and so she, he, he, the, the Mobius chair, and I'll, I guess I'll continue calling it that just because, uh, for lack of a better term. Like it, it, well, you know, we should call it the slowbiest chair. Because it is pretty like, slow. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's a fair, fair point. But it, it jacks directly into his brain. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I was kind of interested to see that. That was that was neat because I was wondering how they were going to do the whole like wheelchair Clifford versus Slobius <laughs> chair thinker. Right. But I mean, d is that enough information to kind of to kind of uh, surmise that he might be after the Flash's body? I mean, because because that's the thing. It's like the, the whole part about ALS is like uh, in his particular condition is that his brain is taking energy out of his body. And maybe it's something actually, you know what? Come to think of it, you might be absolutely right. Right. Because the Flash has a speed force and the speed uh, force like powers his body. Yeah. And so that would that would be an infinite supply of energy for him to uh, for his brain to consume. And yeah. No, I'm fully on board with this. And you might think to yourself, how would DeVoe know about the Speed Force? But he knows about the Council of Wells, although he know, he knew about that from the Samuroid head. But still, he's a smart guy. He's figured it all out. No, he knows everything. She I, she asked him a question. Uh, the engineer asked him a question in the show, like, like, who is Jack the Ripper? And he just said, all knowledge is in my head now. Right. It's not like he... Like he would have had to read up and do like you know and, and research it in order to like deduce it, but like he just knew it. So all the information in the world is in his head right now. He's he's like he's like Google with the dark web. Yeah, dark web and the the deep web, all yeah, of it. He's combined. got it. He's got it all. It's all up there in his thinker. I, you know what, you've blown me away, Bo. I absolutely agree with you, 100. He is trying to take the Flash body to survive because the Speed Force is a limitless supply of energy that his body can use in order for his brain not to parasitize his own body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it just makes sense, right? So, so that that's my that's my speculation. And so, you know, you actually even um, speculated last week about him possibly pulling a, a Nightfall scenario where it's kind of like all of these supervillains, you know, he's trying to wear down the Flash. 
that might actually come into play, man. Think about it. If he actually comes up with a scenario where Barry has to run himself out, right? Like he actually runs so fast. He doesn't get a chance to like stop and get some food. He could actually extinguish his energy and be tired enough, slow enough, worn down enough for the thinker just to kind of collect him and then plug him into, uh, into whatever machine the engineer has surely whipped up to do this brain transfer. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. And, and now with, with what you said earlier, yeah, I think that that absolutely makes sense because they're going to put them all in prison. Uh, he's not too concerned with Dibney because like Dibney, I don't, you know, whatever. Uh, but when we get 12 or I guess it'd be 11, it'd be 11 villains in this prison. Yeah. He's going to spring them and then Flash is going to have to fight them all Batman style versus Bane because that, that thing is like everybody thinks of Bane is like this big muscular brute guy who fights Batman physically. No, Bane is very, very smart. He orchestrated the whole Nightfall thing in order to push Bruce to his limits so that he could wear him down enough so that there's nothing that, that Batman could have planned for uh, to, to, to counteract the physical mm. and mental exhaustion that he was feeling. And so I feel like, yeah, I think you might be onto something here. This is something that, you know, he's planning all of this. He's putting all these people in prison so that he can break them out in such a way that the flash won't be able to deal with all of them at once. Or if he does, it's going to exhaust them to a point where, yeah, the engineer takes them and, uh, they transfer bodies. I think I, that, I think that's, that's a good bet, man. Now I did like at the end of this episode, how, you know, that there's kind of this, this sweet moment where they're like, you're going to let him get married? Like, yeah, you know, you got it. What's life without love? Like that, that was, it was kind of sweet. And I bought that these supervillains would actually take a time out so that these heroes could get married. Well, sure. Because the thinkers already thought of all the inevitabilities. It's like, okay, what happens if flash gets married? I get defeated. Nope. Okay. Who cares? No, not, not even just that, man. He's a romantic. Like that's, that was all I thought a, a large part of this episode is establishing the fact that like, no, these, these two, they love each other. And so there is kind of a, it almost reminded me a little bit of Spider-Man two where he's at Doc Ock's house and like, he's kind of waxing poetic about him and his wife and how they met. He's like, Oh, you were trying to understand this. And I was trying to, Oh, I just could, I couldn't do it. And they're like flirting at the table and everything. And I was like, Oh, you know, he's a super villain, not at that stage, but he's a super villain and, and he gets love. He gets the concept of love and, and these, these two more, more so than them. Uh, yeah, that was, that's a, that's a core part of their relationship is that they love each other. And I get that there is almost kind of a, uh, you know, I, I'm being I'm being gracious. I'm being a, a benevolent to allow my my foe the chance to get married and to have love. Because well, by the time the season is done, by the time my machinations come to fruition, he will have nothing because I will have everything. Yes and no. The only thing about that that bothered me was the fact that I felt that Clifford as Professor DeVoe and uh, Clifford as uh, Thinker were kind of different personality. Like the chair has some sort of effect on, on, on his personality just because of how mm. we saw in earlier episodes with, uh, with the way his wife was reacting. And so I don't know if that was just bad writing on those earlier episodes oh, I or if that's, that. I, I think I, I actually thought it was pretty good writing. Cause I, from what I gather is that we were only given brief moments, like moments taking out of context and any relationship can paint it in a highly negative or highly positive way. And so everything that we had gotten, everything that we'd gotten with the thinker and with DeVoe and with the engineer up until this point, this episode had been very, very limited. And I think that was intentional, man. I think it was so that you wouldn't quite know what's going on with these two. And honestly, I would, I would challenge you uh, if, if and I know you don't have the time, but to go back and rewatch the first uh, episodes of the season and see if it plays out and if it actually fits into what we now know about their relationship. 
that's that's not a bad thing to do. That's not a bad suggestion. But yeah, it just when I was watching them originally, it always came across as a very antagonistic relationship. And to see them uh, yeah, be completely the opposite of that when he says, you know, what's intelligence without love? And they hold hands when they're in the chair. Uh, it just seemed like a complete 180 degree turn a bait from and what we have seen before. It's a bait and switch, man. It's good. I loved it. But here's the thing. So next week, man, we've gotten uh, earlier this week, it was dropped a, a trailer for the crossover event Crisis on Earth X. Now, I got to tell you, man, after seeing the trailer for next week's episode, oh my gosh, I, I, I remember thinking to myself, wow, I am more hyped about this crossover event than I am for the actual Justice League movie. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I saw that trailer too, and I was like, this is going to be good. Man, it's going to be epic. And, you know, the the wedding episodes could are always kind of, you know, they could be special episodes when, uh, you know, big moments happen, but they're doing it up right. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Bell, but what we're looking at is a full crossover against all four uh, series that's happening over the course of two nights because you got Arrow and Supergirl on Monday and uh, Legends and uh, Flash on Tuesday. Is that correct? Or is Supergirl on a different night and it's not on her show? No, that is correct. Arrow, Arrow is the only one that's moving out of its time zone or time slot rather. It's going from Wednesday to Monday. And okay. so, yeah, like last year we had maybe five minutes of Supergirl in the crossover. And we talked about this on Legends TV Talk. You can check that out on DCTVTalk.com. And it was, uh, this is the first time we're going to have a full four hour crossover and so yes it's it's gonna be interesting because this is this is like two feature length movies stuck together you know mm, i hope so but that's the thing i hope so because everything looks extremely promising I, the story that they're telling the villains kind of having the fact that you know uh that there is kind of that that uh, classic of the quote-unquote what if the nazis had won type of uh, story as well as the fact that it's personal we get actually kind of evil interpretations of the heroes that we know the alien storyline from last year, I did not find the villains that compelling. You never really got fully what was going on. It was almost just, here's an excuse for everybody to get together. And also the method of storytelling, maybe because it was spread out over four nights, felt very disconnected. And it didn't quite feel like the big, you know, four hour story that that we were kind of sold on. And I, I shared some of my criticisms of the crossover on, on this episode and, and also on the, the big crossover episode we did with other DC TV talk podcasts. But, um, but no, man, I, I think it looks like they kind of learned from last year. They've put together something very special. You know, some of the spoilers have been kind of spoiled for me, uh, unfortunately, just based on, you know, screenshots and uh, you know, some set set photos and that sort of deal. But but what has been spoiled for me actually has me even more hyped for it. And so, yeah, I uh, I cannot wait. Like, like it is going to be huge. Uh, it's going to be tremendous. It's going to be huge. <laughs> uh, nobody does crossovers better than DC. Well, um, no, no, that, that's not true. That's not true, which makes which makes the accent all the more appropriate. But no, they they actually <laughs> that's the thing, man. They, it has been hit or miss. If we are looking at this honestly, uh, DC TV has, has been hit or miss when it comes to the crossover and the crossover, uh, events. Um, you know, the, the first flash versus episode of uh, flash and arrow crossover was, was great. I thought really, really well done. Um, the first event, big crossover event, not so much. The first, uh, Supergirl and flash crossover epic. I loved that. Uh, ice the, cream. The second one, uh, the, the musical was kind of lackluster. Didn't really do what we they, wrote more mu original music <laughs> than yeah, they did. Still a little bitter about that. So, you know, it's one of those things where they have been hit or miss, but I'm telling you, man, I have, I'm, 
I'm believing in this one. I think they're onto something. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know that uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, fun times watching that one and uh, doing as much live tweeting as possible over the next, uh, you know, four, four block or, or two, two hours versus two hours. And I don't know, we're gonna have to figure out exactly how we're going to handle the live tweeting for the for the massive event. And, you know, I, I agree. Like, the Dominators was great, and it was awesome. If uh, uh, So the Dominators was great if you were a comic book fan and you knew who the Dominators were and, like, you were, you were invested in those storylines and things like that and you had read them before. Like, I think I think a, a, as a fan of comics, then then last year's would have been a lot more uh, approachable and and relatable. But, you know, as me, I, I didn't really know anything about the Dominators. And, you know, it, Supergirl had five minutes in there, and it was, you know, it was like we're fighting aliens or whatever. So I was like, you know, it was fun. But this one I'm really excited about because this one, like everybody knows Nazis, everybody has, you know, there's there's Man in the High Tower, which is kind of the same kind of hypothetical situation. If if the Nazis won World War Two, there's all these kind of things out there. It's it's very much, you know, in in the popular zeitgeist now, and so I think there's going to be a lot more relatability, and it just comes across as like a much better put together show i guess I, I don't know and i'm really excited about it i'm excited there's gonna be two two-hour blocks as opposed to spread out across four days i've seen the trailer and i was like this is gonna this gonna be good you know oh, i'm, I'm folding out my folding chair and i'm sitting down eating my popcorn you know <laughs> absolutely man it's gonna be a blast hey this is patrick sabongi and you're listening to flash tv talk that's the sound of the police in my hood <laughs> I meant some uh, some some feedback, you know, jumping right from that actually to uh, some thoughts. Dan Sherry uh, giving a, a shout out uh, based on next week's episode. The trailer that's coming out says the trailer alone is the best thing I've seen in a while. It really can't get here fast enough. Captain Cold is back. Sweet. Uh, uh, no, can I can I do a spoiler alert here? Yeah, yeah, I was about to do it myself, but but let's just say Captain Cold is not back because that's not nope. Captain Cold. That's Citizen Cold. Oh! Now, here's the thing. What? Do we know that? No. But do we know that? Of course. Yep. <laughs> That's totally going to be Citizen Cold. You notice the glasses? Oh, yes. They were so awesome. Yes, I was like, the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and oh, I was, and I was were, excited. That's, that's so good, man. I'm totally geeking out. It's going to be incredible. I, <laughs> and and, a, and a, good, a good potential send-off, actually, to Wentworth Miller, because, of course, at this True. point, we know that he is going to be officially bowing out of the DC TV universe um, and so, you know, do, do we know bell and, and maybe you guys over at legends TV talk might know this better, but is, is, is he coming back for at least one more appearance on legends or do we think this is actually it? So from what I understood, this was going to be it. Although I think there might be another appearance on legends. I don't know for sure. Uh, I don't know if Will's still in the chat. Maybe he can figure that out. But I, I was, I was, I knew he was leaving DC TV for good, but I can't remember if this crossover was his last episode or if it was uh, the episodes of the crossover are his last episodes, yeah. or maybe it's like, you know, that was his last piece or whatever. Sure. The last thing you one more episode with something else. I, I don't know. I, I got to hope that this is it for him, man. Like if, I, first of all, I, I hate that we're losing him. I, I hated when we lost him to go to legends. I hated even more that he's, he's leaving the universe. But that said, like, this seems to be the right way to send that character off because Citizen Cold is something that we've wanted to see since the beginning of the series. And so if, uh, and I think it's a very small if, because I, I mean, it's almost guaranteed, uh, you know, if, if he's coming on as Citizen Cold, as kind of the hero of Earth X, man, oh my gosh, what a cool way to bring in that character, that interpretation. A cool of the character. way. Oh, it's, it's so, it's so cool, man. It gives me chills. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be great. But um, but yeah, man, I, I can't wait. 
freaking Captain Cold. No, no, Citizen Cold. Citizen Cold. Oh, so cool. All right, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Got to say, the overall vibe, by the way, from the the chat tonight has been very much pro on this episode. I'm seeing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, praises for the episode throughout the night on on the old chat here. Um, and also, you know, over like I said on Twitter, there was some back and forth. In fact, Lauren Blue actually mentioned uh, uh, on Twitter at Indigo Blue 171. She said, it's funny how the best episode of the season is one of the ones without Ralph. Now, I kind of, you know, yes and amen on that one. But but what about you, Bell? I know Ralph has been kind of one of your uh, favorite new additions. Uh I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I don't think his absence is what made this episode great, though, you know? No, but, you know... So that, that, that I'm just going to leave it at that. It's like him not being in the episode isn't what made this episode great. This episode was great on its own. Uh, I, I do like Ralph Dibney. I know there's problems with him. I, he's uh, just kind of a scumbag. But I do see that heroic potential in him, and I, I think there's going to be an arc there, and I think he's going to be redeemed, and I think by the end of the season, people are going to be happy with Ralph Dibney. Uh, so I'll just say that. I'll put that out there. But um, yeah, I don't think the reason it was good was because he was missing. I think the reason it was good because it was a well-written episode that was uh, acted well and uh, revealed a lot of stuff and and just gave us a lot of new information, and it was done really well. So yeah. On, on the flip side to that one, Natalie uh, at, at uh, Giordano, Natalie on Twitter says, I know that they have, are probably saving up the excitement for next week, but I just feel like this episode was sort of boring. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I disagree with that. I, I kind of understand it because this really was more of a thinking piece, if you will, uh, and, a, and kind of an exploration of the villain. In fact, very much so, this was the villain story more so than anyone else's, but I really enjoyed it. Like, again, for me, it kind of took me back to the uh, the classic what was it? The who is Harrison Wells episode? It kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can see, I can see how some people could see it was boring because there's been so much action in the last couple episodes. And then you have this one. And so if, if your expectation is to see this, you know, action piece every single episode and to have like, you know, nonstop everything being crazy and like, you know, superpowers and stuff everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I can totally see that opinion, but uh, I happen to disagree. I think it was a really great episode. I liked what they did with it. I, I do get why this one is somewhat, you know, kind of a, a draw line drawn in the sand and, and some people like it, some people not as much. Um, I get, I understand the reason why. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely fall in the definitive, enjoyed it. By the way, uh, throughout the episode, at one point, DeVoe mentioned that he uses Lyft because they are wheelchair friendly. I did tweet at Lyft to ask if they were in fact wheelchair friendly. They did tweet back to at Flash TV Talk and said yes and sent us a link to their uh, wheelchair policy. So we will have that link in the uh, show notes for this episode. That's hilarious. Uh, and I wonder if that was a uh, in, like a, an actual paid-for advertisement kind of thing, or if that was just a, a writer's thing. Hey, this is this is hilarious because... You know what? If it was a paid-for advertisement, then we would have heard about it several more times. In fact, everybody would have stopped what they were doing to, th- to, to talk a little bit more about Lyft. Maybe Barry, instead of like, oh, no, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to take a break from running this week. Why don't we call a lift? You know, <laughs> yeah, you know what? When Joe broke his foot, absolutely. I called a lift and it was wonderful. They were there with a wheelchair accessible. <laughs> Barry, run home. People are looking, but don't worry with lift. We'll be able to get there really, really fast. Now that is, <laughs> it, that's how you know when it's a paid for, uh, paid for product. I think that was just a, a nice shout out there. I could be wrong, but uh, like I said, link to their wheelchair policy in the, in the show notes for this one. And thank you to at lift for, uh, for playing ball with us on that one. Appreciate that. All right, man. Finally, we've got an iTunes review in. This one's coming in from Laura. Uh, what did Laura have to say? 
therapeutic. I look forward to the next episode of this podcast as much as I look forward to the next episode of The Flash. These guys take a great TV show and make it better by giving me something to get me through the week between episodes of The Flash. I watch The Flash, then eagerly await for the podcast to come out to help me process what I've seen. Some people call this a podcast. I call it therapy. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you, Laura. We really appreciate that. It's it's good to know that we can make people's days better. Exactly. Well, we're like we're like the relationship we're, counselor. We're like heroes in our own right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, uh, I think that's better than a relationship counselor. I'm just saying, like, well, to be I, a hero. relationship counselors can be <laughs> they heroes. Are heroes. What are you saying, okay. Bell? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, no. <laughs> relationships out there. but no man it's it's all good yeah laura thank like thank you so much that's uh that's extremely high praise we really appreciate you for tuning in and uh and yeah for for also uh, uh enjoying our our take on on the flash a television series that we all love by the way if you are someone who also enjoys tuning in every single week to listen to this podcast be sure to help ensure that you are able to do that head over to patreon.com slash tv talk to become a patron where you can get a little extra stuff as well for doing so. And, uh, and of course, the knowledge that you are helping make this show happen. We are so thankful for you guys. It's a great time to share that, especially with Thanksgiving week being what it is. We are, in fact, on Thanksgiving Eve here in the United States where Belle and I, are, our tummies are rumbling, man. Are you ready for some turkey tomorrow? Man, I have my, uh, my particular part of the meal planned. I'm cooking cornbread dressing. I have a ham, and I'm going to do... Uh, uh, Brussels sprouts with bacon. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. So, uh, I've mentioned it on the, the show before, but I do cornbread oyster dressing every single year. Looking forward to putting that together, uh, in the morning. Um, my wife and the kiddos have already actually made the cornbread. And so, uh, daddy's making the dressing in the morning. I, I can't wait. Got the parade going. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of good food. And, uh, you know, as we're, we're, you know, sitting around the table with friends and family and thinking and talking about what we're thankful for, I just want you all to know, uh, that we are so very thankful for you. Without you guys tuning in, without your support, especially those of you who are supporting us through Patreon, we would not be able to make this podcast happen. So thank you, thank you so much uh, for what you do to uh, to support the show. We also want to encourage you, by the way, to follow us on Twitter. You can follow us at Flash TV Talk. You can also po- follow our personal accounts for surely some food pictures tomorrow. Uh, you can follow <laughs> me. Uh, I'm at the Real Bo York. You can follow me at Ring That Bell, spelled B E A L L. And if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podastery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. Also, of course, for the latest news, daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. Special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. You can check out the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And we are a member of the DC TV Talk Network. Be sure to check out DC TV Talk for all the latest and greatest in your DC TV talking needs. Now, I kind of teased something at the beginning of the show, and I'm going to mention it right here, right now. Um, me and uh, Tim from Supergirl TV Talk, we got a little collab in the works that's going to take us. Ooh. It's going to it's it's something new. It's going to fall under the uh, the TV Talk mindset, but it's going to take us far outside of universe. In fact, it might take us to another Earth, maybe even a Middle Earth. That's right. Tolkien TV talk. The new. Uh, what? Yeah, man. The Lord of the Rings uh, series that's coming to Amazon. Uh, it's man, We are probably two years away from this, but we are putting together a monthly hype show to keep you informed on what's going on with the upcoming Lord of the Rings uh, inspired uh, series coming to Amazon Prime. If that is something that interests you or if you're just a Tolkien fan or, or I don't know if you're a fan of the sound of my voice. 
be sure to check it out, TolkienTVTalk.com. Uh, you can go ahead and follow us at TolkienTVTalk on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. We recorded, I'm jealous. We recorded the- can I, fr- can, I, can I please, I'm sorry I'm cutting you off, but can I please be on this show a couple times? Because I love- I love that universe. I love Tolkien. I love all that stuff. I know, man. I thought about you. And and, and eventually, eventually, you know, we've actually, we've talked about, you know, uh, different guests and, and possibly rotating out a third seat from time to time. Uh, we actually do have a, a third co-host uh, who will be making his TV talk debut from that standpoint. But one way or the other, y'all check it out. And it's, um, yeah, please consider... Uh, following us on Twitter and, and subscribing to the show. It'll be a little bit different. Like I said, it's going to be monthly until the series launches. But um, if that is something that interests you, again, that's TolkienTVTalk.com. Uh, stick around after the outro music this week because, like I mentioned, we have got, or rather I have got, some hot takes on the Justice League film, specifically the their interpretation of Barry Allen. Now, also, we want to encourage you to check out Panel to Screen, the podcast where Bell and I review movies. We will actually have a full Justice League review coming out there that way. Now, I may say some things. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to say. I'm not even going to say because I don't want to let Bell know at all what my thoughts are on this film. Uh, but as soon as Bell sees it, we are going to talk about it and we will talk about it on panel to screen. But for those of you interested in my thoughts on The Flash, stick around for After the Music. And beyond that, we'll be back in a flash.
Hey everybody. Okay. So I uh, spoilers. If I did not make it clear beforehand, let me just go ahead and say right now, spoilers, 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 spoilers. And also this is not an exhaustive review of the movie. In fact, Bell and I were going to do that panel to screen. Already mentioned that. Uh, here's the deal. This is just about the flash. We, when we first heard about Ezra Miller's flash, Bell and I, you know, I feel like the internet kind of pushed back on Ezra Miller as Barry Allen. And, and I get it. Like I understood why at the time. And I felt it at the same time too, right? Like he seemed very much like, you know, oh, this would be a perfect casting for Bart Allen. Uh, and, and then when it was revealed that no, he's actually, he is going to be Barry Allen. I thought, wow, that's, that's a interesting take. Let's see what they do with it. And, and I have now seen what they've done with it. And I got to tell you, he would make a really good Bart Allen, a really good Bart Allen. Uh, he does not, for me, for my money, I, I was not enjoying this take on Barry Allen. Socially awkward flash is not something that really speaks to me personally. I mean, I get it. They definitely did a good job of kind of explaining the lore behind it, right? If he's existing outside of time, then he can't quite understand those the social tics and, and just kind of the rest of the world. And so he's a little off. Uh, he's somewhat squirrely. He has kind of almost that... Uh, you know, the, the kid from the Big Bang Theory, uh, Shelton Cooper, and, and um, you know, a lot of those type of, you know, socially awkward people. I mean, that, that, that's what they were going for with this telling of, of Flash. And so, yeah, again, I think that interpretation would work for, say, a Bart Allen, uh, especially because you have kind of the added benefit of him being a man out of time, uh, literally. But for Barry Allen, I, I don't know. It just did not work for me. But whatever. That's that's the that's the story they were taking. They also made a lot of nods, of course, to uh, moments that we've seen from the television show, the the hand over the glass and that sort of deal. Almost felt like that was there to speak to uh, television viewers who recognize the Flash and and kind of to pick up on those those beats to be like, oh, this is the guy. This is even though he looks nothing like the Flash from TV. This is this is the one because I remember that with his dad on the television show. And you know that that's for those people who are probably not listening to this podcast. Cause I mean, you know, you and I, and, and all the rest of us listening, we're flash fans, right? We, we know, we, we understand how this is all put together, but for the average Joe on the street, that's for them. That's for them to kind of put it together. You know, the way that his, his powers worked was interesting. It was very different from the, the speed force interpretation of the television series. Um, you know, one thing I, 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 I mentioned, I think this episode, if I didn't, uh, you know, I'm actually recording this review before recording with bell. So, uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that I, I'm, I talked about how, you know, the flash in, in, you know, the way that he in experiences time seems very different of uh, TV flash, the way that he, he experiences the speed force is he needs to be in constant motion. Whereas movie flash, they kind of took a little bit more of a quicksilver, uh, you know, being able to stop time essentially and experience everything else which is fine. And there's definitely nothing wrong with that. Uh, the way that the speed force was kind of reaching out to him, I thought was kind of a cool effect. Uh, he, he looks weird running and I don't mean that from a special effects. I mean, like Ezra Miller looks like he's like running through water essentially. And maybe that was kind of a, you know, a, a artistic ideas that he's kind of pushing back against the speed force. But at the same time, if that's the case, that seems weird. The speed force should propel you forward. Um, so I wasn't a big fan of that. Uh, he was funny, but all the funny moments we saw in the trailer. So there wasn't a whole lot new, that whole brunch thing. There were actually moments, some of his better moments. I almost felt like it was Cisco delivering the line, uh, than him personally, which again, kind of took me out of it because it reminded me, Oh yeah, there's a television show with a flash and a Barry Allen that I enjoy way more than this. And so, yeah, I, and look overall for the movie, I, I did not hate it. And, and I don't want to get too big into that or deep in that because we're going to, we're going to, address it on panel to screen. And, and actually 
I actually really enjoyed a lot of parts of this movie. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to if they decide to go forward with it. This kind of got me hyped for the idea of a, an Aquaman film or, or, or maybe a, a cyborg film. But ironically, this actually kind of killed my... It killed my enthusiasm for a Flash film. And so that that really kind of hurt me a little bit because obviously we, we pour a lot of time and energy into that particular character. We're, we're invested in that franchise in particular. And so, yeah, that, that was a little rough and it's fine. They, they can certainly make course corrections if, if they want to, but they may not want to. I mean, that's one of the things about this. The DC movies uh, has been just kind of they're going to tell the story that they want to tell. And if audiences like it, then they'll go out and see it. And if they don't like it, well... Then, that, then they'll get uh, an opening weekend like they got for this one. And so, you know, DC, regardless if you love them or you hate them from their movie standpoint, I think it's it's a fair, universal, fair assessment to say that they have got a lot of figuring out to do uh, in terms of how they want to handle these franchises. A Flashpoint movie does sound incredible. I would love to see that. Ezra Miller's Barry Allen is not necessarily one I'm looking forward to spending much more time with. I'm just not excited for it. And that means just like this one, I probably won't see it opening weekend. And that is unfortunate because I love this character. And that's just kind of where we are right now. But anyway, I, I hate to end it on a, on a negative note, but I almost kind of feel like it's owed to you guys since, you know, we, in terms of the Justice League as a whole, there's, there's a lot to talk about. But this character in particular is one that we're all, we're all big fans of. And I just wanted to share my thoughts. And so there it is. There's that. Um, again, not everything was, was bad about the flash, even though all I did was just kind of talk about what I didn't enjoy about this interpretation of the character. I, I, I kind of dug the costume. I'm not one of those people that bashed it. So I like that part. Um, the, the little biker helmet thing, I, I get it. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's not, you know, it's not a definitive flash costume, but it is kind of a cool alternate flash cost costume. And one that, that definitely deserves to be in the, the Rolodex of, uh, takes on the character. His flash cave was cool. Uh, it would have been a way cooler Bart Allen cave. I think it fits more of a Bart Allen character than a Barry Allen character. Um, yeah, I, I got to tell you, I understand his role on this team and why he is the way that he is in terms of being kind of the the young, goofy, you know, wide-eyed, bright-eyed uh, character on the team. From that dynamic, it makes sense from, you know, uh, wanting to make sure that you have a lot of different voices. But at the same time, it just isn't the voice of Barry Allen. It's the voice of the flash in this take on the justice league. And it does not work for me, but Hey, it may have worked for you. And that is fine. I, I really, you know, for those of you who enjoyed this interpretation, maybe this is your ideal flash, the one that you've been waiting for. And so if that's it, I'm glad for you. And I'm glad that you were able to enjoy it. It's just not me personally. And so, um, yeah, but one way or the other, we'll, uh, we'll talk way more about this on panel to screen in about a week or so. Bell still has to see the movie, uh, but I have made him agree that we are going to see the movie just as soon as, uh, as I'm, whether we're going to podcast on it just as soon as it comes out. Oh, by the way, shout out to the fact they, they said podcast in the first like 60 seconds of a, of a blockbuster film. How about that? That's awesome. But anyway, all right, guys, we will see you guys next week. Uh, for those of you here in the States, hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving. For everybody else, hope it's a really awesome Thursday. Uh, great, great time to, to see family and eat food and, uh, and yeah, and be thankful. And like we said before, we are very thankful for you guys. So see you next week. It's going to be fun. Earth X. Bye, guys.